0: Welcome to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personalities shaping the stories. Special Edition is a production of Intercom Communications.
1: Welcome to Special Edition, I'm Paula Degnan. We're getting into holiday mode. We'll start off this week with a visit to downtown Scranton for the upcoming Santa Parade. Tom Fritz is in charge of getting the word out about all the details for this year's event, which will welcome Santa Claus and start off the holiday season in Scranton. Tom, let's talk about it. Can you believe it? We're coming down to the wire, the jolly old elf himself.
2: It always happens so fast. It goes from being 90 degrees to Santa's coming. Exactly. And it really does happen so fast. And we do this all year long. So we're always aware of it. But as soon as the Temperature starts to drop, it's time, and we have to get moving, and everything falls into place. And it's just a wonderful thing how it all comes together every single year. Now, how did you get involved with all this? I have been involved with the parade since 2005. That's the first time that I helped with the parade. Uh, And then I was active in it for about five years. And then I stepped away for a while, and then a new organization was put together to take care of the parade and only take care of the parade. And uh, I was asked to be part of that organization, and I've been there ever since. It's a board of, uh, right now there are eight of us, and we only exist to take care of the parade, make sure that we try and make it better and more entertaining, especially for the people downtown, and uh, bring Santa down here every year.
1: Now, you said 2005, so a lot of things have changed since 2005, How are you able to look back and say, what can we improve on when things... And you also said, you do this all year.
2: Yeah, basically back then it was, uh, the the parade started 26 years ago. Really? Uh, I was not involved at all back then. We do have one committee member who was there for the very first parade. Um, We have a couple who were there very early on, maybe not from the first parade. Uh, But it actually started off, Al Boskov wanted to bring Santa... Uh, down to downtown when Boscov's and the mall first opened. And
1: this is Scranton
2: now. This is Scranton. Right. Yes. And uh, then it was placed in the hands of the uh, JCs to do the parade every year. And that was one of the projects that they took on. And it was usually two people who would take on the parade and they would get some help from the other JCs, And it was chaos for a year. <laughs> And in 2007, I chaired the parade, and it was one of those things that I found out exactly how much chaos it was. What happened as uh, the JCs were doing other projects, and they had less and less people who were interested in really doing the parade, those of us who had done the parade before said, well, we would like to keep it going. So we worked with them for a couple of years, so we, get, we helped each other back and forth, and then the parade was split off into its own entity, Uh, So we are a nonprofit that only runs the parade. Most of the people who are involved with the uh, board and the committee are people who have worked on the parade now for years and who have a long history of working with the parade. And we love it. We love to bring Santa to officially start the season. And that's what we do.
1: When you're talking about a parade again, you know, it, it just seems like when you say, well, we're involved in it all year, Come on. What do you do all year, Tom?
2: Well, I won't say all year. I think we take January off. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So we take January off as a breather, but immediately afterward, in fact, our December meeting is what went right, what went wrong. And then we start talking amongst ourselves and start bringing up ideas to make this a better experience for everybody who comes downtown. So... Every year we have at least two or three different things that we're trying new, and we watch them, seeing you know, is this something that, you know, we liked how it went, but we just got to let it get traction, or is it something that just went horribly wrong, and we aren't going to do that anymore? And it's all about making the experience downtown for the people who come to see Santa come to town, make it better for them. And we're trying to prolong the day. The the parade starts at step off is at nine fifteen right because the broadcast starts at nine thirty, and the parade uh, the broadcast is at the end of the parade route so we need time for the parade to to get there. So it's about those people being there. The parade usually ends somewhere between noon and twelve thirty, and then we want people to stay in town. We have some things going on at the square this year. Uh, Santa is sticking around. He's going to be just off the square in people's security. Uh, parking lot so that you can come and see Santa after the parade and we're always working to get things so that people want to stick around it's the official start of the holiday season let's all get in the spirit stick around really get that Christmas spirit worked up and then it just grows from there
1: all right I'm going to put you on the spot over the years that you've been involved in the Santa parade in downtown Scranton I promise I won't tell anybody nobody will know what didn't work.
2: Oh, there have been a few things that didn't work. (laughs) Uh, One of the things that is not returning this year that was uh, a new addition last year is uh, we had a Christmas costume contest. And uh, that may return. It's not happening this year. What had happened was we had very little participation in it. So it may have just been probably that it didn't happen as quickly as we wanted it to catch fire, so it's probably going to go away and then come back. We've had some things with uh, certain types of, uh, art. we changed the, the route two or three times once the uh, the new committee got into it because we wanted to see if we can get a better route to get the balloons up nice and high. And uh, a couple of the routes we chose just weren't working. And most of the balloons wound up face down under the wires in Scranton for a while. Ooh. (laughs) And so we changed. In fact, one of the the things that we did is we brought the parade down Penn Avenue. Mm Mm-hmm and it was not good there's a lot of trees there and the wires are like oh this is horrible so we changed that now our route is the same as it has been the last three years and it's working out very well it comes straight up spruce from franklin makes a left and goes around the square and around the square we can get the balloons nice and high and the great thing about that is anywhere in the square you can see those balloons you can hear the bands coming so If you've got kids who are energetic, they can run around and see all the things that they want to see. (laughs) And that's part of the the new things that we've been doing in the last couple of years is we want to make the square the central focus of everything. We've got ice sculptures coming back again this year. We're having Santa's Gift Shop, which is vendors that are going to be along Washington. And those vendors are going to be more along the lines of uh, specialized gifts that are from either makers or... uh, they hard to find things, so okay. these aren't going to be things that you can just run out and get, so it's going to be something you'd like to check out, and while you're waiting for the parade or after the parade, you want to see those vendors, that's going to be a great thing to do, and keeping Santa on the square instead of handing him off is one of the things that is, uh, this is only our second year doing that, and it's to keep people downtown. It, we want them there so that everybody can see him and while they're there they're going to patronize the businesses that are there they're going to check out the other things that we have and that's the main goal we're not only bringing santa but we're bringing the season to downtown Scranton. we want everybody to be there and experience it now it is a telecast mm-hmm. our partners once again WNEP, that will start at 9 30 and that's if you can't make it down but if you can make it down, that's where it happens. There are so many things that you can't translate through the television. Right. And part of it is just the all of the square has the parade wrapping all the way around it. You've got bands, you've got balloons, you've got kids running around having a great time. You can't experience that through the television. Who's coming? As far as bands, I, I actually don't have the list. We have at least four oh. that are coming this year. We've got... Another thing that we try to do, and what we've been doing for years now, is we try to make sure that each division, and there are five, has an equal amount of community groups, performing groups, music, and other. <laughs> some some you can't really put in. One of the, one of my favorites is uh, Kenobles comes oh. every year. They've got a float, and they've got a couple of their uh, uh, we'll call them the old rides. They've got. A boat that used to ride in their river and it's converted into a go kart. They drive that around and they are blasting Christmas music. And they've got their characters that are there. Gizmo, so, yay! And, and it's, one, it's 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 <laughs> really cool. You hear them coming around the corner and the Christmas music is blasting and everybody starts singing at the top of their lungs. Their people are driving around. Everybody's having a great time. Also, if you're watching it on TV, you don't get any candy. Oh, <gasps> that's true. Now I know a lot of a lot of parades frown on the throwing of the candy stuff. How well, do we, you handle that? We're not supposed to throw it, and that is uh, something that we are constantly, those of us who are watching over the parade, uh, we constantly have to police and make sure that they don't throw it. But a lot of our perennial uh, participants know, and they just walk along the sides with their bags of candy or their buckets, and they hand it out to the kids. And that seems to work very well for us.
1: When we're talking about, again, you know, you, you're expanding, and it, how, it, how, would, how big would you say it's gotten? from the inception
2: 26 years ago that you've heard about to what you're doing today? Last year was our biggest year for participants. We had 1,700 (gasps) in the parade. Uh, Unfortunately, the weather made it so that the parade went very fast. It was actually one of the quicker parades. The year before that, we had about 1,500 participants and a beautiful day. The parade went for a long time. Everybody had a great time. We had people five and six deep watching the parade on the square and it was a great time everybody just loved it and that's one of the things that we cross our fingers every year and sometimes you know we get great weather in fact the last few years we've had better weather than the spring parade
1: yeah well yeah that that we won't mention yes we won't mention that but again you know you have santa so you kind of get the word out and maybe he can do some of his santa magic and it seems like some of it's been working we
2: try we try he likes it cold though oh that's true so yeah. you know it's it's one of those things we, we would like whether that people will come out and see him and he says oh great i'll whip up a storm and that's well, wait hold on santa.
1: <laughs> not that
2: much exactly
1: <laughs> who travels with santa
2: well every year uh, we have a contest and uh, it will be coming shortly usually it's a little bit closer to the parade we have it on our facebook page and it's a Santa's Little Helper contest. And normally, what we'll do is we'll have—I uh, don't exactly know what the question is going to be this year because—well, you
1: don't want to tell anybody so yeah. they can—well, it's not—it's not—it's not, it's it not, it's <laughs> not
2: trivia. It's just you know you'll put your favorite reindeer or your favorite uh, Christmas character, and then we pick at random, and three kids get to ride with Santa <gasps> in his carriage through the parade so you'll get unfettered access to santa for two hours wow here you go here's santa tell him everything that you want apologize for the things you've done wrong and try (laughs) to be as good a kid as you can so that santa will bring you things he's he's the big guy and you're going to get to ride with him in the parade in addition to talking to santa you're going to have all those people waving you, and you're going to be part of the parade. It's really, really cool.
1: Oh, right. Well, everybody's attention is on that sleigh when it gets right down to the the very—is that what he's in? Is he in a sleigh, or is uh, he on a, a flatbed? horse-drawn bed? carriage.
2: Horse-drawn Even better. Yes. Even better. And that's, that's the big thing. That's what everybody wants to see. You know, everything else is hype. Mm-hmm. We're, we're getting everybody whipped into a Christmas frenzy because Santa is last. And once Santa comes, that's when the season officially starts.
1: And who do you have in the parade? I know you said the bands are still, but uh, uh, do you have the dancers again this year? And we, we have
2: dancing groups. We've got several dancing groups. We've got a lot of twirling groups. We've got marching bands. We've got other community groups that like to walk in the parade and, and show their spirit. Uh, we've got people who are uh, other community businesses who come through the parade and they're the ones who mostly hand out the candy so we definitely want them and we have our grand marshals this year oh the grand marshals this year are the tunkhannock tigers girls softball team that you will remember this year came in second in the world yes so we are so happy to honor those guys and have them leading off in our parade so that we can let everybody see them up close and personal second in the world That is, that's a
1: great choice. That is an awesome choice.
2: We always try to get somebody who's got, you know, uh, some definite recognizability, but is also connected right to this community.
1: Well, you have our undivided attention as far as getting everybody to the parade. Now, you mentioned a Facebook
2: page. We do have a Facebook page that's uh, facebook.com slash the Santa Parade. The Santa Parade. The Santa Parade. Our website is santaparade.net. And if you have any questions, you can uh, send us questions through that or at our email address at infosantaparade.net. At also, we are still looking for volunteers. Oh. We usually need uh, about 300, maybe 350 people to help us carry those balloons and banners or other jobs behind the scenes if you don't actually want to be in the parade. But who doesn't want to be in a parade?
1: Especially with Santa, that close. Exactly.
2: So (laughs) you can uh, go to any of our contact areas, email, Facebook, or the website, and you can volunteer to come down, handle a balloon, or take one of our banners. Or if you're looking for something behind the scenes, we have several of those jobs as well. But it's one of those things where you can actually come down and be in the parade. So... It's it's a great experience. You only get that, you know, this time of year. So if you want to say, hey, I was in a parade, you can get in touch with us.
1: All right. So now we have the 17th of November, downtown Scranton. And I'm going to turn it all over to you, let you tell everybody, invite everybody even if you want to do the famous Santa dance, that's okay too. They won't see you, but they'll hear
2: you. I was going to say Santa <laughs> dance does does not translate well over radio. But here it is, November seventeenth, Saturday, starting at nine fifteen at the corner of Franklin and Spruce, going up Spruce Streets, making a left onto Washington, and then going around the square. We will have our reviewing stand at the corner of Washington and Spruce. We'll have uh, the Moscow Melodies Children's Choral Group there. As you get around the square. That's where WNEP will be. In both areas, all of our bands and performing groups will stop to perform. But we also tell them to make sure that you perform every time the parade pauses so that we're entertaining the people there. We're going to have twirling groups, dancing groups, people handing out candy, all kinds of community groups, a lot of Christmas music, a lot of Christmas fervor. We're going to have ice sculptures on the square. We're going to have our cold air balloons around the square and in our parade we've got those giant helium balloons that are just like Macy's you got to come down everybody wants to see the big man he's coming down he's coming to town that's where you want to be get there get in the Christmas spirit and that's what you want to do that's Christmas in downtown Scranton and you need to be there
1: wow (laughs) are you sure wait a minute that white beard you (laughs) kind
2: of
1: oh I better not tell anybody about that once again the Facebook and the website.
2: Facebook is Facebook.com slash the Santa Parade. The website is the SantaParade.net. So that's facebook.com slash the Santa Parade and then Santa
1: That's Tom Fritz giving us the details of the Santa Parade, November 17th in downtown Scranton. And of course, Intercom Communications, very pleased to be a part of all the fun. Now don't go away. More special edition to come. Welcome back to Special Edition. Pennsylvania State Police Trooper First Class David Peters is a community service and public information officer with Troop N Hazleton. They are currently in the midst of their community coat drive. They're trying to gather up gently used coats and other things that people can use throughout the area to stay warm this upcoming winter season. Usually have the state police here when we're talking about the holidays and watching driving and we're talking about some other things, but now, this time, you have something pretty exciting that you're involved with. Yes, we are uh, conducting a coat drive campaign,
3: Coats for the Community. Just wanted to get out in different areas uh, for our community, different ways we can assist them. I mean, we are always there, obviously, in their time of need, whether it's a traffic collision or uh, some type of other tragedy in their lives, but this time of year brings about a lot of need, Um, not just at the holidays, the weather's changing, sometimes people uh, may not have enough money to buy a coat when they need to pay rent and do other things else like that. So we just want to provide another resource for the community uh, to give them things that they may need.
1: Now, it must be very interesting for someone in your position, state police, because as you said, you come across so many different scenes of so many different times when people's lives are not good, sure. whether it's an accident, whether it's a crime scene, something like that. Does that give you another perspective when you're you know involved in something like this? Because you kind of see the people firsthand, but it's not like you have a tight connection. You're just there to help
3: right most of the time when you go to an incident like whether it's a a collision or to someone's house for a a tragic event you're sort of focused on that tragic event but you do see what is going on around you and uh we're just driving down the street and it's really cold outside and you might see a person not have a you know the proper clothing they have on to to deal with those elements but um in our in our position myself and, and my partner here trooper anthony petrosky we we actively go and try to go out there and find different ways that we can help the community and, and be more visible, just not at those times when you expect us to be there. We want to be there. Uh, we do a lot of different community things with organizations to try to just get ourselves involved with them, let them realize that we are here
1: for them, whether it's during an incident or in a time of need. Well, it's also nice, too, because we hear Camp Cadet. We hear sunny day camp. Absolutely. We, so again, you have an opportunity to meet people, meet different, all different types of people in the community through those events. Sure. And they must also give you an, uh, another chance to hear from another side of the population. Even though it's a good event, mm-hmm. you're also getting a bit more insight there.
3: Absolutely. That's a perfect point where we, we meet these individuals at these camps. Take Sunny Day for an instance. We've had a young lady that came through a Sunny Day who participated in the Hazleton Challenger program. And uh, they that family reached out to Trooper Petroski this past uh, summer. Their Challenger was selected to play in the Little League World Series. Um, so we were able to get in there and... Uh, Give them a send off that that he arranged with fire trucks and they it was is again just a a wonderful thing to be a part of that had we not had that prior connection that maybe these young people would have went off would it what a different type of send off
1: and I'll tell you what it was unbelievable it was so much fun yeah it, it yeah. really was that was that was a, a and again I I don't want to say the people look at the the Pennsylvania State Police or any. Type of police official, even fire officials, EMS officials, and sometimes they're a little bit standoffish because they think, oh, well, you're only here because I must be in trouble or I must have done something wrong. So when you're involved, what what do you what you're laughing <laughs> we get that a lot it's no different than when you're a,
3: a a child and you're walking by law enforcement and your parents tell you if you're not listening the cops are going to arrest you right that's definitely not the image that we want um and uh, we're mostly focused in those types of events that people see us in so i they perceive it as standoffish we're focused we're always kind of aware of our surroundings um even in a good event you, you still don't I don't want to say you want to let your guard down, but we're always aware of what's going on around us. So um, we try to get out every day and and bridge that gap and uh, break down those barriers of people who just think as, as robots that go out, write tickets, investigate crimes. That, that's There's a lot of great law enforcement people in our department and local departments that do stuff this on a daily basis. And, and it's not about notoriety for them. It's not about this. It's just really about helping their community. Kind of old-fashioned community policing. Back yeah. in the day when people walked the beat They got out of the car, they met the people in their neighborhood, they knew what was going on, and in their time of need, they were there.
1: And in today's world, that's so much scarier, unfortunately. (laughs) It
3: is. (laughs) Maybe getting back to basics is what we need. Um, You know, There's been a lot of things that go on, and we just want to make sure that people understand that we are here for them, and we will do whatever we can to assist them in any way.
1: And as far as the coat drive is concerned now, a lot of times around this time of the year, Many organizations will start a coat drive or anything like that, gloves, hats, and focus on children, but it, you're not doing just that. We
3: want to focus on everybody. Um, you know, obviously children are come to the forefront there, but there's a lot of people that don't have coats in that. And there's a lot of great organizations, like I've said earlier, that do this every year. Mm-hmm. A lot of church groups, community groups, and by no means we want people, if you donate to your church and do that, continue to do that we just want to be another avenue or resource for the community that if you don't go to a particular church or you're they're not doing it you can give it to us and uh what we're going to do is at the end of the drive all the items collected are going to be dispersed to local charities within the county that that station resides in Mm. so we have stations in monroe carbon columbia and luzerne and here in northern luzerne true p wyoming uh locally they are a part of this as well, oh. so they can go there. And I think recently um, they're putting a box out here. Oh, good! So, and uh, well, whatever we can do to get these items out to to shelters, to community groups, just want to be that extra extra effort for them this this time of year. So then, it's not just Troop In. Well, yeah, not just Troop In. I, I'm not sure what stations in Troop P. My understanding was that only it was Wyoming, but if there's other stations in Troop P that want to be a part of this, the more the merrier for mm-hmm. me when I look at it. Um, we want those items for these people. We, it, it, we just want to be there for them, and whoever wants to be a part of it can contact me. We're trying to keep the boxes on a, on a local area and for us because we our stations are manned 24-7, uh, so people can just come in and drop them off. Um, It's just easier for us to be able to control and organize Mm -hmm. where the items are going and and how they're being distributed. So where can someone drop off the items then? Uh, Well, obviously, as of this morning, they can drop one off here from Monday through Friday, (laughs) 9 to 5. Intercom
1: is always glad to help.
3: They can drop them off at our Hazleton station, um, as well as P, Wyoming, the Wyoming station. If they're in Monroe County, it could be at the State Police Furnridge Barracks on 115 or down at the Stroudsburg Barracks, which is just off of 611. Um, down in Carmen County, it would be our station in Lehighton, as well in Columbia County, it would be our station at Bloomsburg.
1: So it's not that you're looking for just children's coats, men, women, snowsuits, you I, name it, Absolutely, gloves, hats? new, Newly or gently used coats
3: for all ages, and uh, we would like newly purchased blankets, hats, and gloves that we can get out to people. And I mean, there's a lot of different organizations. Obviously, we say shelters. Uh, You know, veterans shelters that are out there, homeless shelters. We we just want to be able to give these organizations maybe an extra boost. We know at different times of the year, they get taxed. Mm -hmm. You know, there's an overwhelming need at certain times. But, you know, if we can help contribute to them
1: and assist them in getting stuff out to the public and the community to keep them warm, that's what we want to be. And on the other side of this, if there is an organization who may be hearing you Mm -hmm. and they're saying, gee... That sounds like something, but we don't have anything set up, but maybe they could help us. How would they get in touch with you?
3: Uh, they can contact uh, us at the uh, Hazleton Station. My um, phone number is 570-459-3900. My extension is 269. Um, they can also, if they need to reach out as well to Trooper Petrosky, it'd be the same phone number with an extension of 216. And the website? Uh, no website? No, we don't really have it on a webpage, but it's just more of a call because we don't know every organizations that do that. Obviously, mm-hmm. sometimes there's churches and things that do uh, shelters that we we're, maybe we're not aware of. Right, so we would ask them to contact us so we can at least make sure that. The organization is, is legit in what mm-hmm. they're doing so that the items get to properly be where they need to be.
1: And then if anybody, when when are you looking as far as the uh, dates of this for the donations? Uh,
3: we kicked it off October 15th, and the deadline's going to be November 16th. Oh. We've, we've kind of figured we'd have Indian summer going on right now.
1: I <laughs> 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 need for it right now.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everybody's starting uh, right. to get their, their woolies out. Uh, sure. So, I mean, we're hoping um, by November 16th, that'll give us time before the holiday um, to distribute to where we need to do
1: okay anything else that maybe we've missed that you want to make sure everybody knows about
3: just you know anything you can do in your part to help your community it doesn't have to be for our drive it could be any drive that's out there canned food drive this time of year uh helping out of soup kitchen anything that you can give back to your community i think we we need each other more now than we ever did
1: truer words were
3: never yeah. said Seven zero four five nine three nine zero zero. 459 3900 My extension is two six nine. They can also, if they need to reach out as well to Trooper Petrosky, it'd be the same phone number with an extension of two one six. And the website, uh, no real website, no no, real. uh, uh, No, we we don't really have it on a webpage, but it's just more of a call because we don't know every organizations that do that. Obviously, Mm -hmm. sometimes there's churches and things that do uh, shelters that we maybe we're not aware of. Right. So we would ask them to contact us so we can at least make sure that. The organization is, is legit in what mm-hmm. they're doing so that the items get to properly be where they need to be.
1: And then if anybody, when, when are you looking as far as the uh, dates of this for the donations? Uh,
3: we kicked it off October 15th, and the deadline's going to be November 16th. Oh. We, we've kind of figured we'd have Indian summer going on right now. <laughs> 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 need for it right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Everybody's starting uh, to right. get their, their woolies uh, out. Sure. So, I mean, we're hoping um, by November 16th, that'll give us time before the holiday Um, to distribute to where we need to do.
1: Okay, anything else that maybe we've missed that you want to make sure everybody knows about?
3: Just, you know, anything you can do in your part to help your community. It doesn't have to be for our drive. It could be any drive that's out there, canned food drive this time of year, uh, helping out of the soup kitchen. Anything that you can give back to your community. I think we we need each other more now than we ever did.
1: Truer words were never Never said. said. Thanks again to Pennsylvania State Police Trooper First Class David Peters of the Troop in Barracks in Hazleton, bringing us up to date, and you still have time to donate if you would like to help out with their community coat drive. Now don't go away. There's still more to come on Special Edition. Welcome back to Special Edition. Whenever there's a question about security or safety or anything to do with guns, Intercom's Frank Andrews calls on Joe Harris of Roll Call, LLC for the answers. Today, he asks him about concealed carry weapons.
4: Whenever I have a gun question, Whenever we talk about security, I always call Joe Harris from Roll Call in Scranton. And you have been here, Joe, for school safety, (laughs) security checks, gun control, video. You know, you are our gun expert. (laughs) So, And tell, tell people a little bit about Roll Call and your background.
0: Well, uh, Frank, uh, thank you for having me here today. Again, uh, I love being back. A little bit about my background, uh, approximately 17 years in law enforcement. Many of those years I spent uh, uh, doing different type of law enforcement training exercises. And uh, Roll Call is a sportsman and police supply company where we also sell firearms and equipment, but we also have a training center there where you can come in and uh, take different training classes, beginner handgun courses, safety. New for 2019, Team will be introducing a concealed weapons carry class. And then we also do uh, defensive tactics for, uh, for, civ- for the civilian market for um, home invasions.
4: Okay. You're going to do a concealed carry class, which I think must be the result of an c- increased
0: interest in concealed carry, right? Yeah, actually, this area has a big need for uh, these types of classes. Um, my intro to Marksman, excuse me, my my uh, my introduction to uh, firearms ownership class during the uh, winter times, the winter months, I will run. Uh, well, we'll get at least fifty students through this class per month. So, uh, yeah, the interest is uh, it's it's there. It's always been there, but uh, we're trying to fulfill that need now. Yesterday, I, I said, you know, I'm, I'm
4: really curious. I just threw out the question. I wonder how many, you know, people in a crowded place are concealed carry. And, you know, I was getting all kinds of statistics, you know, out of 100 people, seven people there are concealed carry. And you, you got some numbers on the number of permits in
0: Lackawanna County alone, right? Well, the unofficial number in Lackawanna County is at least 500 per month. A month? A month. That's a lot of concealed carry. Yeah, that's the unofficial number. We can verify that through uh, uh, with our sheriff in the Lackawanna County, but uh, there's a uh, hundreds going out, uh, yearly thousands. Now, what would be, I mean, based on your
4: expertise, you, you know, in a crowded movie theater of 200 people, how many people would you
0: expect on the average would be concealed carry? Um, well, if it was up to me, all of them. Uh, but <laughs> it would be a guess. Uh, I, I have no way of um, of coming up with that number. Police officers, a, a police officer off duty, a state trooper off duty, always concealed carry? Well, most department policies, yes, uh, that, that they should. Uh, they should just for the simple fact that uh, you are an off duty officer. But uh, most departments have that implemented into the department policy that they, uh, they will be uh, carrying concealed. Okay. H- how do you get a lot? Li- I mean, nobody, I mean, everybody can't just conceal carry. You have to go through some steps, right? Uh, well, uh, Pennsylvania is a shell issue state. Okay, so long long as you're clear from uh, um, any uh, criminal history, legal, uh, you have uh, a clean record, uh, you'd go to your local sheriff and you would apply right there. Uh, There is a way to apply online, but from what I understand, uh, most people don't get it right online because when uh, the form prints out, it's supposed to print out on both sides of the paper. So there's usually an issue. You're you're just better off just going to your local sheriff. The fees, I believe, are uh, $20. I know Lackawanna County will accept cash or, uh, or credit card.
4: But I mean, I mean, that they, they don't ask more serious questions. There's not a, 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 more serious background check for concealed carry.
0: Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. What it, it's basically the same questions of the, uh, it's the 4473 form. It's a federal form. Anytime you go to, uh, purchase a firearm from a gun dealer, you'll fill out the 4473 basically has the same questions. Now, if you, uh, if you, uh, check the, uh, the wrong box on purpose and you, uh, lie about your history, we, it's an automatic uh, check, so I could run your information, and within five minutes, I know if you've ever been arrested. Now, if you lie on that form, you're probably going to be arrested again. So there are checks and balances in place. Who, who's coming to you for concealed carry I mean who are you Sam are you seeing, are you, seeing uh, you know teachers moms and dads grandpas wh- wh- who all of the above men and women just alike and and I I, I think it's a great thing um, it's a very uh, it's become a very popular sport among our, our women and uh, so it, it doesn't it, it's it's when it comes to concealed carry it's almost uh, I'd say 50 50 60 40 split. Wow. Okay. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back
4: and talk a little bit more about this. Fifteen minutes now before five o'clock. We're talking about concealed carry. And, and one of the reasons that we're talking about it is because of what happened in Pittsburgh. Joe Harris is the guy I always call on because he's the expert when it talks to security, safety, uh, guns, uh, you're
0: not retired. A retired police officer? How would you say? It? Well, I'm retired from the Scranton Police <laughs> okay. Department, but I'm still uh, an active police officer. Oh, I okay. Part time now.
4: And you're you're the, you're our military, uh, expert on guns. Okay, so <laughs> now now people, you know, I, I don't know how to say this, but after the the synagogue shooting, people were calling for armed guards in churches and synagogues. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing
0: more of that? Oh, of course. Um... I'm hearing talks of armed guards, but uh, uh, more so than actually talks of armed guards, I'm hearing a lot of uh, churchgoers, if you will, coming into uh, roll call and looking for specific guns to carry. Some of these churches, it's it's almost uh, common knowledge that it, within the church that most of their uh, members are carrying uh, armed. Now, when you, when you said you checked in five hundred permits a
4: month in Lackawanna County, not mm-hmm. it's just Lackawanna County. We didn't yes, check sir. Luzerne County, Wayne, Pike. five hundred a month, mm-hmm. do you? Are most of the people qualified. I, I don't mean I don't mean can they pa- can they get through the uh, the the you know the background check. I mean, are they qualified
0: to handle a weapon? Well, uh, terms of uh, qualified as as as. As per the law, uh, yeah. Otherwise, they would not obviously receive their uh, uh, their permit. As far as carrying, qualified for protection, it, it depends on what your definition of qualified is. So what I what I like, I I'm all for concealed carry, especially obviously if you're the good guy. I want you to concealed carry, but know your limits. So when you get that concealed weapons permit, I don't look at that or I don't want people to look at that as another form of a badge to go after the active shooter a concealed carry gun should predominantly be used for your self protection and protection of your loved ones you need to know your own abilities you need to know your limitations heroes are made every day we saw that in McDonald's that gentleman obviously knew his limitations and he knew what he was able to do and he did it successfully but that doesn't mean everybody's going to be able to perform to that standard but at minimum if you're carrying concealed that concealed weapon should be for your protection and your family's protection
4: now, in 2019, you're going to start the what concealed carry training? Yes, sir. And what are you going to teach?
0: Uh, well, uh, several things: how to conceal, uh, the rules, the laws. Uh, we don't interpret the laws; we're not attorneys. But we, what we will do is uh, recite the laws. These are the laws that govern. Uh, what is uh, reciprocity? What states can you uh, can and you can and cannot carry in uh, out of uh, out of Pennsylvania? There's very few of them. I think uh, the closest one is Ohio. But if you went on to uh, a website I was looking at just the other day, it's uh, guns2carry.com. They have maps set up that show uh, reciprocity uh, with Pennsylvania. So we would go over stuff like that. We would uh, how to carry, where to carry, uh, the most uh, accurate way to carry. And then when we go to the live firing range, um, what we would do is practice carrying and then drawing from a concealed holster, which is a major consideration when carrying concealed how are you going to get the weapon out if you need to? Yeah, I, I, you know, that that's a very, very good point. How do you get the weapon out? Where, where do
4: you? I mean, I mean, it, it's different. It, where does a woman carry? Where does a man carry? Where does a senior
0: citizen carry? Well, that's right because a man's clothes generally fits a little bit different than a woman's clothes. So these are, uh, and now what's the right type of gun for your concealed carry? So these are all important questions, and there's not one right. Answer. Usually, I'd say if you're going to carry concealed, you're going to want to buy at least two to three different holsters depending on how you're dressed. But then the bad part with that is now you have two, two or three different ways to practice unholstering, okay? So, um, you know, it's just one of those things that you're going to have to work around and practice and get good at. What, what, are, the, what are the weapons that are popular? Oh, uh popular weapons. I'm a big fan of a revolver for a concealed carry for uh, several reasons, um, especially uh, when we're talking concealed weapons for a man versus a woman. And when I say that, it has nothing to do with their skill level. I have women that outshoot men all day long at our store. Um, I... Like the revolver, because if it doesn't go off the first time you pull the trigger, you just pull it again. There's no stoppage drills. There's no clearing. There's no uh, malfunction drills that you have to get good at. If, and I'm not a fan of it, but if you do have to have it in your purse when you're walking through a parking lot, and God forbid you need to use it, that gun will fire right through your purse. When you have a semi-automatic, you have to contend with the slide, the action of the slide. Um... Same thing with a very close quarter. If I was literally physically on top of you, a revolver is still going to function uh, fine with, uh, you know, if you, if that gun were to be pressed into me, a uh, semi-automatic could be taken out of battery. So there's, there's a lot of different. I mean, uh, is there a brand that's most popular or something
4: that you, or, or does that depend on the person?
0: It, well, it depends on the gun because certain guns in a uh, revolver, I like different brands than semi-automatics, but, um, uh, it, it's, it's it's the size of the gun is going to be a factor the smaller you go the nicer and the easier it is to carry and conceal the harder it is to shoot and shoot accurately so it's always a trade off but to be honest with you there's just a handful of guns that most people are are finding most comfortable for concealed carry. All right, we have a couple people who are calling. You take a call or two. Sure. All right, Mike and Old Forge. What's your question
4: or comment, Michael?
3: Yeah. Uh, thanks a lot, Frank. Uh, just uh, you know, I was a police officer in New York, but anyway, I just want to find out if it was mandatory to when you have a concealed permit, a carry permit in uh, Pennsylvania. If it's mandatory to take a class, and if it's not, I suggest everybody who who does get a carry permit do take a training class because it's very important. And also I want to say that I think personally, it's a lot harder to shoot a pistol than it is a rifle. So I wanted to really find out what's mandatory, and I think it should be, but I wanted to find out what's mandatory. And I'll take the answer off there. Thanks a lot, right
4: Thanks, Mike. Uh, Is it mandatory? You get a permit? You got to go to training?
0: No, not in Pennsylvania. It's not. Mm -mm. It is is obviously strongly uh, uh, suggested and recommended, but it is not mandatory. All right. Ken in Hanover Township, what's your question, Ken? Uh, Well, two things.
4: First, if you're going to be concealed carry, there's various insurance you should probably carry to help you get a lawyer to defend your right to carry if you happen to use your gun. Uh, Second, as he was saying, there are states that don't reciprocate, and then there are states that are just draconian, like New Jersey. You
0: might as well just – if you disassemble your gun and have it in your car, you're in trouble still.
4: Okay, let's get a comment on that. New Jersey's lunatic when it comes to concealed
0: carry, or what? Uh, New Jersey, uh, New York is very similar. Um, So if I have concealed carry and I go up to Binghamton, am I in trouble? You bet. Really? You can't. So so what do you. The only way out of this state. With a concealed carry permit is uh, through Ohio. I believe it. I believe Ohio is the only one that borders us that uh, gives uh, reciprocity.
4: Okay, so someone has concealed carry and they decide they're going to go for a ride up to uh, to Binghamton. What do you, what do you do? I mean, you, don't do you, it. I mean, you can't don't put it, it, it in the in no. the trunk or nothing. You no. just-
0: There are some states, and and you, if you are going to travel out of state with your firearm, definitely check the states that you're going to travel through. There are some travel through. Uh, Exceptions, but um, I'm not going to comment on them because I don't have all the facts. You just do some research if you need to go south, and there's a few states you're going to travel through. Just uh, look look up the rules and the the, uh, laws. Uh, I I had a guy uh, the other day. um, He just moved to New York, a younger guy, just recently married, and he says uh, I want to get a stun gun for my for my wife. She lives, you know, we just moved to New York, really nice, really nice family, and uh, like a taser. uh, Well. There's a, a taser and then the stun gun, which the uh, prongs actually uh, protrude from, from uh, actually shoot out of the weapon. And I said, well, you're in New York. I said, you want to check that? And uh, he said, really? I said, yeah. So I did a little research myself. I came back. I said, you can't have that in New York. You can't have a stun gun in New York. So there's there's a, and I felt bad for him because... He said, well, what could she have? I said, to be honest with you, I'm not sure. I don't think it, uh, much of anything. Uh, um, I think there's even rules against uh, pepper spray in New York. I, I could be wrong, but uh, I know uh, tasers and stun guns, they're uh, prohibited uh, offensive weapons out in New York.
4: Now, I'm a, I'm a young kid. I'm 16 and, and a name that you'll probably remember, uh, Jimmy Clee, who was Scranton police chief. Absolutely. Was uh, uh, uncle to one of my friends. And we're 16 and, you know, we're getting our driver's license and he gave us this crash course. You get pulled over by a police officer. You do yes, sir, no, sir. You keep both hands on the wheel. You don't move. You ask permission to reach for something. And he's just, you know, that was. The... So if uh-huh. you're concealed carry, is there any protocol if you are pulled over by a police
0: officer? Everything that you just said, I would still do it today. 100 percent. If it's nighttime, I would uh, turn my dome light on. Hands on the steering wheel. I'd let the officer know, sir. I am carrying concealed. They do have a permit. Let them know where the weapon is, and I'm going to keep my hands on the steering wheel. Uh, so you have to carry some proof that you're concealed carrying. Um, well, it is. It is in the, uh, um, uh, the. Your. You know, when we run your name and date of birth, uh, the the next system it will show up whether or not you have you are issued a concealed weapons permit. But uh, it, it's definitely. Uh, to, your, to everybody's benefit to let the officer know that you are carrying concealed and you do have a permit on you. He's obviously going to double check that also, right. but uh, you know, uh, uh, an early warning is better. All right.
4: I asked him to stay for 15 minutes. I kept him a half hour. <laughs> Give us a phone number
0: to get in touch with Roll Call. Well, you could, uh, how about uh, you look us up on uh, at www.rollcall911.com? You can find all of our information, our address, and a phone number. And uh, if there's anything else you need, Frank, I hope you call me and let me know. I appreciate you having me here today. Thank you very much, Joseph.
1: We started off today's special edition with an invitation to join the Scranton Santa Parade that will be happening on Saturday, November 17th. Intercom Communications, very pleased to be part of that event, as well as later in the day when Wilkes-Barre will also hold their annual Santa Parade as well. And again, Intercom Communications will be represented welcoming the jolly old elf to Luzerne County too. A reminder you can spend the afternoon on Sunday, November 4th, at a taste of Greater Pittston. It's being held at the Pittston Memorial Library on Broad Street from 2 until 5 in their John P. Cosgrove Center. Now, if you haven't purchased a ticket in advance, only 200 will be sold at the door and they will be $30. Also, a reminder that the First United Methodist Church of Carbondale celebrates their annual bazaar November 10th from 9 to 1 with many well-crafted items, delicious baked goods, and fine bargains available.
0: Thanks for listening to Special Edition, a weekly look at the issues in the news and the personality shaping the stories, a production of Intercom Communications.